the Debbie Debate. Welcome to the Debbie Debate. All right, boys. Are we ready to debate? Austin, you tweeted something, girl. You tweeted your running back tonight. Explain yourself. Boy, that escalated quickly. I mean, that really got out of hand. You jumped up and That's Austin Nate, who is going to be that guy. And for me, B. John Robinson is still going to be that guy. with Robinson who spins him and tries to bounce it. A skip arm, another one as he rides it, keeps his balance. They're going to say he stepped out, but I'm... I'm Felix Sharp. I know you didn't think that we would get through this episode without mentioning the name. One, Zach F. Wilson. For screen or draw? Oh, Wilson... That's Matt Brody. G. Scott Jr. Obviously, I waxed poetic about him on the last episode, so I won't do that again here. And this time it's Fields on the carry. Watch out! Justin Fields! Hello, Columbus! 51 yards! Brennan, are you ready to go head-to-head with me? I am. Gotta get my popcorn out here. Hold on. Gotta continue. I got Kyle McCord is going to end up winning the job. He's going to be rated higher. Um, well, I'm not nearly as passionate about what I'm about to talk about. Uh, our apologies to Kirk Street. We ran out of time. We'll get him rescheduled soon. And for Matt Bruning and Austin A. I'm Felix Sharp. Good night and good luck. It's 9.30 Eastern time, the only time zone to buy you flowers. That means it's time for the Debbie Debate, brought to you by CampusCan.com. No Brett, Matt Bruning today, but Austin Nace and Chris Mai is here. We'll be joined by a special guest shortly, and I am Felix Sharp. On a wrecking ball version of tonight's show, we talk National Signing Day landing spots for Jay Rashada and Nick Harr, and we continue our C2C mock draft from last week but we start with the retirement of tom brady that he announced this morning austin and chris tom brady's last college season 1999 uh in that season he went 180 uh 180 for 257 2217 yards 16 touchdowns six interceptions drew henson was his backup. People don't remember Drew Henson. He was the uh, highly decorated quarterback recruit in Yankee baseball draft. Brady played 19 seasons. He was a three-time MVP, seven-time Super Bowl winner, five-time Super Bowl MVP. He's the all-time passing leader. To add to his resume, he's dated Tara Reid, Bridget Monahan, and Giselle Bunchen, obviously, who he was married to. Chris Moxley, Who's the next Tom Brady? A couple different options. I I think you know it's it's littered with these quarterbacks who could do it. Um, I'm going to go Jake Hanner, quarterback out of Fresno State. If you're familiar with him, you know that he is a gamer above all else, kind of like Tom Brady as well. Go back and watch his game against UCLA last season. That was peak, just gamer. He's hurt. He's willing this team to a win. 
if anyone can do it, it's a guy like Jake Hayner. I like I like Jake Hayner as a pit. I think Jake Hayner is going to be. I don't know if he's going to be 24 or 23 with his first season, but Tom Brady was 23 to, to start. And you know how I feel about Jake Hayner. He is absolutely a gamer. We're talking about a day. Th- this is what I'm asking. This is the absurdity of what I'm asking. I want a day three draft pick who's going to win five Super Bowls, Austin Nace, date supermodels, and become all-time passive leader in the NFL and surpass Tom Brady. Who you got? Yeah, well, if you want to talk about a guy that I think probably projects as a day three guy down the line, uh, you know, Tom Brady, Michigan, he was he was a Big Ten guy, you know, with a defensive ball up there. He didn't really play at all until his third year on campus. Does that not equate with what Hunter Deckers did this past year at Iowa State? You know, I mean, you know, that that Midwest type stuff they got going on there, third year on campus, uh, you know, a little bit of an underwhelming first season. Um, that dude, I mean, just look at him. He's obviously going to be dating supermodels in the future. Uh, I think Hunter Deckers is, is an obvious answer here too. Hayner was a good one too, Chris. I think I, I would have said that one if you hadn't already. So, um, yeah. So your answer is, is Hunter Deckers, you know, My, it's I, Hunter I, Deckers without a second thought. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I, that's, that's, that's what about, uh, what's my, well, who's the, who's the Cade McNamara? Could Cade McNamara be, uh, you know, coming out of Iowa? Maybe Michigan quarterback transferring to Iowa. Maybe uh, maybe Cade McNamara, a little Tom Brady action. Maybe he dates uh, supermodels twenty years from now. Mox? I don't know. De- Deckers is is a really good um, good choice as well. I mean, real toolsy. He was held back tremendously by this offense. Uh, I mean, talk about the next Brock Purdy. That's that's like in the rearview mirror for what Deckers can do. We're talking Tom Brady. I think that's a great call too. I don't appreciate uh, Austin making fun of me by calling Hunter Deckers into this situation. He is absolutely trolling me. Hunter Deckers is good. He's a talented quarterback. He is. And it's Matt Campbell that's holding that team. It's not, it's not Hunter Deckers. Get Hunter Deckers involved in the running game. Get him some deep threats so he can throw the ball deep. He's going to do that with Jalen Noel this year. You just watch. Okay. My backup answer was Carson just, Strong. <laughs> And, and and we got a friend in our chat saying Graham Mertz, who you want to talk you know about what? talk about Peyton Manning type not, player. You guys are not taking this seriously. This is a serious question that I posed, and every everyone had a smart Alec answer uh, to this question. All right, um, let's go here to uh, uh, National Signing Day. For those who don't realize, National Signing Day was today, even though most players, especially the players that we care about, usually sign on early signing day in December. But today is the official day to sign on the dotted line. Um, Austin, uh, Jaden Rashada, the quarterback who was once a Miami commit, once a Florida commit, he ends up in at Arizona State with my boy Troy O'Meary and Kenny Dillingham. What do you think about the pairing? And let me back up here a little bit. Kenny Dillingham was the offensive coordinator last year at uh, Oregon. Before that, he spent time at Auburn. You know, I don't know that I was necessarily inspired about his hiring at Oregon. However, I mean, that offense, that offense absolutely was dynamic last year with Bo Nix. And he kind of breathed life into Bo Nix NFL draft potential. With that being said, can he do the same for Jane Rashada, who you haven't been, you know, so hot on as a prospect, but this is a very good quarterback class. 
Yeah, I, I mean, I don't dislike Rashada, and I just for anybody on the screen, uh, Nick Whalen just said final answer for Tom Brady is Michael Pratt. That's not a bad answer. Uh, it's really not. I actually kind, kind really like a, that call. A, a gamer kind of quarterback there, um, out of Tulsa, right? It's all Tulane. Tulane, Tulane, Tulane. Come Dude, on, boy. Don't spread the green wave I, now. Roll away. I, I, I can never remember which one of those schools is which. Yeah, that's a that's a really, really good answer. Uh, to get back to Jaden Rashada, I think this is a really good landing spot for him. I think the obvious connections there help because he's kind of been just floating adrift with his whole you know, situation getting uh, demanding to be let go from his letter of intent of Florida because of some disagreement over you know, what they were going to pay him that they ended up deciding they couldn't pay. So going back to the West Coast, going to an offensive coordinator that or to a head coach now that recruited him pretty heavily out of high school to the school that his dad played at. Like, I think there's a lot of really nice connections there that will help him acclimate to the school quickly, which is good because he can't really enroll. Florida screwed him out of that opportunity. Um, he can't really enroll anywhere, so he can't start there until the summer. Uh, when when everybody else comes in for camp, so I I think going there with Dillingham, I, I think Dillingham's offense is I think he'll change what he wants to do depending on who his quarterback is. I think you know with last year with Bo Nix for example, they ran they they let Bo Nix run a lot. I don't think Rashad is that that like he's he's mobile, but he's not really a runner. What he does want to do and does at, at a decent level is he's very aggressive downfield passer. So don't be surprised if if whenever he gets on the field, whether it's it probably I don't think it'll really be this year. It'll probably be the following year that they they run a lot of you know aggressive downfield stuff, a lot of play action. Um, you know, kind of let him take some shots um, to receivers. We don't I don't know who he's going to be throwing to yet. I don't think they really have anybody there that'll be there in 2024. But I think that's the kind of player he is. I think that's what Dillingham is going to want to do with him. And I think it's as good of a landing spot as he can hope for just based on everything that's already happened over the past four or five months. Yeah. Arizona state's uh, recruiting class ranks 36, according to 24, seven, 46, the composite rank The transfer rank is 10th. So um, Jaden Shada is one of, well, the only four-star recruit that they have. They got a lot of three-star guys going there to Arizona State. But again, this is Kenny D Dillingham's first year, not even a full year in the recruiting cycle. Kenny Dillingham was also largely responsible for getting Dante Moore's commitment to Oregon. Now, Dante Moore, obviously now going to UCLA, but he had been a long-time commit to Oregon. So, all right. Um, another player that we need to talk about, Nick Harbour. Nick Harbour has been getting a lot of buzz because people have seen him his senior season running track six foot five 220 225 235 pounds has been beating much smaller kids um posting elite speed times box you're a south carolina fan he does end up in south carolina so it looks like we're that's the school that was offering him whatever he wanted as far as where he wanted to play on the field. You want to play offense? We'll let you play offense. You want to play baseball? We'll let you play baseball. You want to, you know, they were, they were letting him do whatever he want. He wanted there. What do you think about him now going landing there? And, you know, potentially I would assume that he's going to play offense. It's probably going to be tight end. What do you think? How, how's he going to look there? Yeah. A uh, huge win for, for South Carolina. It's the highest out of state recruit that they've ever secured. So, you know, they had Clowney, they had, um, well, early Spurrier was like, they were raking in like high four stars, but a lot of those kids were from South Carolina. 
this is the highest out-of-state recruit. So I, I think it's a huge, huge one for the program, period. But what you can expect from Harbor is Beamer has said that he he will play him at wide receiver with a little bit of tight end. That's like not an inland tight <laughs> inside tight end, right? He's not going to line up inline at all. Uh, he won't block. He won't add weight. I don't think until after the 2024 Olympics, he's hoping to compete in the Paris Olympics um, in yeah 2024. I don't know when qualifying is, but he he's a serious athlete. And I think that South Carolina, among other schools, were offering him basically anything they could to get him in. He wants to play offense. I pers- I'm not going to be mad about him committing to South Carolina, right? I'm, I'm super excited about it. I just think he's a special, different kind of player. But I thought he would have been more successful playing edge. And maybe he does end up there once he, you know, takes track and field like a little less seriously. He said today he wanted to be a first overall pick in the NFL draft. So I wonder what his mindset is. But freaky athlete, raw, very, very raw offensive player. That is kind of how I view him, but just freak. Like, it, that's it. Austin, I know that we did it last week, but I want you to do it again. Just provide some color for what you see from Harbor on the offensive side of the field. I think the 100% honest answer is that we don't have an amazing idea because he, up until like a little way through his senior year, I think almost everybody assumed he was going to be an edge and he doesn't have like a ton of really good wide receiver tight end tape to go back and watch. I think basically what you're just betting on, if you're drafting this guy in a Debbie league or a C2C league or even a, a CFF league, if you think that he'll be an asset, there is maybe like a dynasty type uh, uh, piece is that he's just a a hundredth percentile athlete. Like he is like, it's not like the, you know, it's like 99th percentile or 99.9. He is a 100th percentile athlete. He's enormous. He weighs like 220 pounds and he's running a borderline Olympic qualifying times in in the sprints. I mean, we've just never really seen a guy. I mean, I, I I've seen some people toss around, you know, like maybe like a Kyle Pitts comp or something like that. Like he's much more DK Metcalf with like his size and like what I think the type of athlete he is, then maybe like a Kyle Pitts, who's that, you know, a little more smooth, uh, maybe not quite as, you know, like, he's not a four, four guy or a four, three guy or four, two guy or whatever Harbor is. Um, so I, he's, he's, you're, you're, you're basically just closing your eyes and taking an amazing athlete and just saying, we'll, we'll see what happens here in the next couple of years. Cause I don't think we really have, an amazing idea, but that's okay. I mean, sometimes you just got to bet on some of these crazy athletes. I mean, Anthony Richardson was like a three-star, not really a hot recruit. He was a four-star. Anthony Richardson mm-hmm. was a four-star. Was he? I think Anthony right, Richardson re- was reality a four-star. Get on yeah, it. We, we, can, we can go back and, and look. But I mean, and he wasn't a good quarterback, and you just bet on the athletic upside, and then you accrued a bunch of value. I think you're going to make a similar bet with a Nick Harbor there at South Carolina. At a much easier position to grasp. Like, we don't have to four, worry about him. Four-star QB9. Yeah, I thought so. I thought QB9. so. I remember my end. I've been Dual threat QB9 Anthony. before they went, went away uh, with the designation. Back when they had it split. I've, yeah. I've been touting Anthony Richardson since his freshman year, so I remember my boy being a, a four-star quarterback. Uh, lefty, Luke, uh, Colin, Nick, all in the chat hel- helping us out today. Let us know what you think the comp is for Nick Harbour, and do you think he's going to play wide receiver, defensive end, tight, tight end? Let us know uh, in the chat. All right, Mox, uh, ooh, I think we're ready for housekeeping. Go ahead, man. Oh, shit. 
I don't understand. This kid. Every single this is- every single week, I throw it to Mox for housekeeping. <laughs> He's never ready. It's always the same three bullet points. He's never ready. Never ready. Um, if you're watching us on YouTube, make sure that you are liking this video as we've been talking about in the comments. And make sure that you're subscribed to our YouTube page. We have a ton of content coming out, including Senior Bowl stuff. We sent Mike Valerie and uh, Barnabas Lee down there. They have been producing awesome content, getting a bunch of interviews with really interesting players. Make sure that you check out that video and follow the, the Twitter for that stuff as well. And make sure you're following us on TikTok. We actually have some pretty interesting content uh, being posted there that you can catch in short, interesting tidbits. Very engaging commenters. They're always very nice and respectful to us. Uh, if you like our podcast and you like what we're doing and you're listening to this show and you're listening to any of the shows in the Campus Cat Network, make sure that you are giving us rates and reviews that helps us grow the brand and helps us keep our, you know, our, our, our lights on here. We need rates and reviews to continue to grow. It's important for us. And engage us on YouTube videos. We have a ton of people in the comments tonight. Really fun audience. Nick is here. Uh, Luke is here. Todd's here. We got them all. We want to engage with our audience. What? No, I'm just, I'm just, those three, <laughs> those three, those three folks. Are, we, are, we got, we got a ton of people watching, but we got some heavy engagement tonight too. Uh, I'm just saying we want to engage with y'all during our shows. We want to engage with y'all on our platforms. Make sure that you are uh, just talking with us. Well, we are more than open to engagement. Uh, in all I hate sincerity, doing I, think, I think I, th- which is why <laughs> I'm throwing it to you every single week. Oh, I, every I single time. I, in, in all sincerity, we want to be like the biggest advocates for college fantasy in this space. Uh, the, you know, really trying to grow the format. So if you have any interest in seeing it grow, give us a subscribe to the channel, subscribe to the podcast. We appreciate all the support. The bulk of today's show is we are going to continue a mock draft that we started last week after our interview with uh, uh, Alabama running back Justice Maine. So if you didn't catch part one, go ahead and, and get the first three rounds of this draft. But I thought that the audience would benefit from um, hearing us go a little bit deeper, and especially in a C2C mock draft, you get you get 45 rounds. So I don't know how much help you're doing to anybody if you're doing, you know, a two-round mock draft for C2C. Austin, if you can bring it up on the screen, I want to go ahead. I'm going to ask you some questions about the draft before we get into it. Oh, and we are going to, because Matt Bruning is not here today, we are going to bring in a special guest, special to me, uh, my dear friend, Colin Decker, the better half of the Campus Life podcast. Uh, Colin, thank you for coming on. Appreciate you. Um, uh, joining us tonight so thank you right. for such a lovely intro that would might have been the nicest thing anybody at this company has ever said to me on a podcast Do you, you know i listen yeah. to that campus life podcast and uh you know your your co-host there i don't know i you know what i don't know he, he, he he's not the nicest to you so i I'll take just, a lot I'll of abuse say- can I read a direct quote from somebody that actually I received today about the Campus Life podcast and the dynamics <laughs> between the two co-hosts? Oh, I know what this is. Prom- prominent CFF analyst Nate Marquise said, and I quote, I'm here for cheap shots and digs on each other. The straight up disrespect that Austin has for Colin on Campus Life is the foundation for that podcast and, quite frankly, this company. Check your compliments <laughs> at the door. 
Thank you, Nate. Somebody gets it is very, show. it's very, there's so much, uh, there's so much conflict that is the best uh, for, for this company, even on this show. Uh, Matt's not, Matt's not here. I was on the, uh, the South Harmon podcast. Go ahead and check their YouTube out yesterday. And they called me the antithesis to, to Matt Bruning. Uh, yesterday so uh yeah lots of conflict around here all right let me recap this draft really quick uh here's the first round uh usc quarterback caleb williams went number one ohio state wide receiver marvin harrison jr number two uh travion henderson ohio state running back uh number three i'm not going to keep saying the schools for all of them you guys know what these players are drake may number four nick singleton number five raheem sanders the arkansas running back number six Emeka abuka the ohio state wide receiver number seven quinshawn judkins luther burden branson robinson evan stewart malachi nelson the first freshman off the board and then we closed the oh that was actually the end of the first round so malachi nelson there with lincoln riley uh the first freshman off the board at pick 112 uh, here's the second round, Barry and Brown, the, the Kentucky wide receiver, Drew Aller, the Penn State sophomore quarterback at Penn State, uh, Quinn Ewers, Braylon Allen, Antonio Williams, the uh, Clemson wide receiver at the 205, Dante Moore, the second freshman off the board headed to UCLA, Kyle McCord, Brock Bowers, Donovan Edwards, who splits time there with uh, – Blake Corm at Michigan, Will Shipley, the running back at Clemson at the 210. Connor Wegman taking over the helm at Texas A&M, quarterback there. And then Cedric Baxter were dipping into the freshman running back class at the 212. And then the uh, the third round here, Zachariah Branch, who's been comped to Tyreek Hill, headed to USC at the 301. Xavier Worthy, I think that's noteworthy, Xavier Worthy going uh, after the freshman Zachariah Branch here at the 302, Matthew Golden, the Houston wide receiver, Arch Manning at the 304, Devin Neal, Kansas running back at the 305, Dravante Citizen, who spent his freshman year injured at Miami. He's at the 306. Justice Haynes, who we spoke to a little bit before making this pick at the 307, Ty Simpson, Roderick Robinson, the running back at a freshman running back at Georgia, Jonte Cook, the freshman wide receiver at Texas. Excuse me. <laughs> I'm supposed to be a professional here. Uh, Jonte Cook, the, the wide receiver at Texas. Jace McClellan, the running back at uh, Alabama. And then closing out the, the third round with Cade Klubnick at the 312, the sophomore quarterback at Clemson. Uh, Austin, I heard someone say yesterday that the 2024 wide receiver class was better than this 2023 wide receiver class. What's, what's, your, uh, what's your thought on that point? I would generally disagree with one big caveat that the best wide receiver between the two classes is from the 2024 class. And that's Marvin Harrison Jr. I don't think that's, um, you know, particularly hot takey. I think he's he's clearly the best if you combine the two classes. But then after that, I, I don't think that any of these other guys in this class, I mean, you were talking to Mecca Buka, Xavier Worthy. Um, after that, I mean, who are we looking at in this class? No, I, I don't think that that class of wide receivers. The names is... that were thrown to me were JoJo Earl and Mario Williams. If you're hanging your hat on JoJo Earl and Mario Williams, who've done nothing to this point at elevating that 2024 class, I'm sorry. I think something is else this your friend? Happen. Like, this hey, is not, my this friend not, who really likes Mario me. Williams and JoJo. This was not me. It was not me. <laughs> oh man, I'm gonna. 
Oh, if Colin had said it, I'd be a way meaner. Um, no, no, they, they're not. They're not even close um, from the, from that perspective. No, I, I after Marvin Harrison, I think there's a legitimate argument that that, you know, JSN, uh, I, I might rather have Josh Downs over any of those guys. Uh, Jordan Addison, you, you could argue. I, th- I think it's, you know, maybe a 50 50 proposition. The number uh, two, Quentin Johnson. The number, yeah, the number two wide receiver in that class right now. It's looking like it's it's Xavier Worthy. And Xavier Worthy had a terrible, a terrible 2022. Colin is shaking his head. He's saying, no, that's not the wide receiver two in 2024. Colin, who do you think it is? Egbuka. I mean, it, it's it's kind of weird. They're on the they're both on the same team, but it's kind of the same Alave Garrett Wilson thing where these guys are both just two of the best wide receivers in college football, even though they're playing on the same team. And I think Egbuka is better than worthy worthy i think is a little bit more limited um he's also been plagued by drops and i think it's harrison and Agbuka. i agree with what you guys are saying though give me harrison over like anybody in the 2023 class Agbuka could be up there with some of these guys but at the end of this year it could be up there with addison and quentin johnston and jsn um he's not there yet but then after those top two guys, I think there's a, a pretty sizable gap. Yeah, I I agree with you. Um, best value so far, Mox, in uh, uh, as far as the the picks that we've made thus far. Um, I really liked uh, two twenty twenty five quarterbacks. I thought Connor Wegman at two eleven and Kate Klubnik at three eleven were both uh, pretty solid picks. Uh, I'm a big fan of, of both guys. Uh, Kate or 312, sorry for Klubnik. I really like Klubnik. It was my pick. I think that his value is going to rise with the new addition of the office coordinator. Um, and I just think Wegman's a pretty good player in, in general. So I, I thought both quarterbacks were probably going lower than they will eventually go in uh, drafts, maybe in like two or three months. I think you can make an argument for Wegman to be the best quarterback in his class. I know we like right now our schools a lot, but I think, yeah, like if I had to pick one yeah. quarterback from that class to start a game tomorrow, I think there's a legitimate argument that you want Wegman. Yeah. I I'm, I'm, I'm behind that. Really? Okay. Yeah. All right. Um, but you don't, you don't have Wegman ranked ahead of Aller. No, I have them two or three spots difference. I mean, it's not significant. I, 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 I think, you know, I'll probably end up with more Wegman just because I think the cost yeah. of the two right now, like there is a large gulf in what it would cost to acquire Wegman as opposed to Alar. So I think like I'll, if I'm if I'm yeah. trading for a guy, if I'm trying to trade for quarterbacks, I'm probably not even really approaching the Drew Alar owner because I think they're going to mm. demand a lot. And I think the Connor Wegman owner, you can I don't, finesse a little bit uh, and, and maybe offer a, a, not as strong of a package that I had to give up for, for Alar. Uh, that, that that's probably fair. Fair um, in uh, Penn State adds Dante Cephas and another transfer wide receiver. I can't remember who the the second Malik transfer McLean wide receiver from Florida. Malik State. McLean from Florida State. There we go. Um, so you know we've seen North Carolina and now Penn State trying to sur- surround their talented young quarterbacks with with wide receiver talent. Let's zoom way in on the uh, on the draft board and eliminate the player pool. Uh, as we get ready to go here, what about Mox? What about reaches? Any reaches that you see uh, thus far? 
think Matt was a little aggressive with his Callum McCord draft pick at 207. I'm not sure that I would have taken him that early. I think that's the earliest that I've seen him taken, and we've run, I think, three mocks uh, for C2C drafts currently. So it's a little aggressive. I know he believes McCord's going to be the guy, and if McCord is going to be the guy, that's probably more than more than fair. Um, I just wonder about the the risk involved there. Uh, I t- yeah, De- yeah, Devin Neal's... Um, Probably went like three or four rounds too high. Oh my god! Good <laughs> good. <laughs> just, I'm, I'm just saying. Yeah, I probably one or two rounds. I would say, yeah. I am not a believer in Devin Neal, so maybe you're asking the wrong person. But he went a little too high at 305. Yeah, I like his talent, but I think he is in the same bucket as Sean Tucker. But you don't get the uh, uh, production in college from him, so it makes him a little bit more risky. Or the athleticism. Also, I, thought Tucker, I think Tucker's way more athletic than Neil is. Probably, yeah. I mean, we don't really have strong testing numbers on Neil, but... What? Way more athletic? I can't tell if you're pulling Felix's leg here still at this point or not. Oh, I think I think Tucker's way more athletic than he... It depends. I guess it depends what you're defining athleticism as, because Sean Tucker's going to run, like, probably if low 4-3, mid Doesn't Devin Neil have, like, a 38-inch vert or something ridiculous? Like, he's got, like, good testing numbers i yeah and sean tucker is kind of like well he won't listen to this uh <laughs> he's super soft like he shows no strength whatsoever when he runs not a dog not a dog you know the Hashtag you know the meme pleased. where it's yeah you know the meme where it's like he got the wrong kind of dog in him and it's just pictures of hot dogs inside the chest yes that's sean tucker i don't even know where i was going with the comparison between the two i i think okay. tucker's more athletic all right, are we ready to get uh, into oh, uh, Malachi Nelson or reach at 112? I think, I mean, I took him. Um, I think that's higher than you're going to see him go in most drafts. I think it's right, but I, I do think it's an interesting conversation to have. We had that conversation on last week's show. If you want to go back and check it out. He, if he's your quarterback one, then I think that he's absolutely worth taking at the one, two turn. So I think it makes sense, but someone who's lower on Malachi Nelson or has him as like quarterback three or four, it's probably a reach. I think, and it was interesting. I would have liked to hear, I wish, I wish Matt would have been on tonight, um, but uh, he is not where he, he mentioned last week, like Malachi Nelson will do nothing this year because he's sitting behind Caleb Williams. It's no, through no fault of his own. And his value will appreciate as long as he doesn't get hit by a bus in the meantime. Nothing's going to happen. He, he's tied to Lincoln Riley for the next several years. Like Lincoln Riley has had one quarterback not work out. He took Jalen Hurts, who got benched at Alabama, and turned him into his second round draft pick. He took Baker Mayfield and and, and turned he got him drafted first overall. He, he Caleb Williams. Um uh like he, he's worked with all these guys. Was he Kyler too? I think so. I mean, like he, he's been a, I, I just think like this, the, the quarterback attached to Lincoln Riley, like I'm not even necessarily drafting the player. I think it's, it's, we're lucky that it's a guy like Malachi Nelson, who I, I think very highly of, but like, I, I would be tempted to take any quarterback attached to him. And I know it's going to be attached to him early. Cause you're basically just drafting Lincoln Riley, like, which is, which has know, been a good bet. Yeah. It's, a, it's, I mean, the odds are really, really good that you're going to get something out of him. Yeah. Here. So, I actually want to follow up on that real quick because if you believe that, and I, I, I am in the same camp, which is why I drafted him here. 
108. Luther Burden, Branson Robinson, Everett Stewart. Take them above those guys. Uh, I could be convinced. I could be convinced. And I wouldn't shock me if we, I, I think we all, I mean, I don't want to speak for all four of us that are sitting here and I certainly don't want to speak for everybody at campus to Canton, but I think we generally consensus with us is that Malachi Nelson is the best player in this class, regardless of position. And we have seen the top player, like the top freshman go round one the past couple of years. And like, it's crept up as the off season goes on. Like I think Travion Henderson started as like a two Oh two at the turn kind of guy. And by the end of the draft season, he was like one Oh six, one Oh seven as a freshman last year, Nicholas Singleton, I think took a similar trip. So I, it wouldn't shock me if Nelson creeps up three or four spots. I just think people, you know, the, the, these guys will never be like like Malachi Nelson will do nothing and look at the look at the players ahead of him that will be gone next year that like Drake May will be gone for sure probably Raheem Sanders probably gone Emeka Buka probably gone um, Travion you know p- potentially so you're looking at and Caleb, Caleb and Marvin like that's the 103 104 if you're just taking these guys out he does nothing now maybe a guy or two jump him but I mean you're, you know it's a 106 107 is I think a f- fair spot even though. It might even be too rich for me. Maybe the world's biggest Malachi Nelson fan, but I I get it. I I get why you would do that. Before we jump into these picks, Colin, close the loop on the uh, Devin Neal conversation as far as his athleticism. Yeah, so we have the athletic comparison tool over at campustocanton.com There, that you know you can look at all of their their numbers, pulls in a lot of these, gives, spits out a nice athletic comp. Uh, Devin Neal's two best comps were Amir Abdullah and Alexander Madison. Uh, but his burst was uh, 98th percentile. So Austin's 38-inch uh, vert comment would make some sense there. His speed right, was a little lower. Let's jump into these picks. We're starting with the 401, and I am up. Um, you know, I think that early in, in campus Canton leagues, you're trying to get safety. Remember, this is your pipeline to your NFL team. So we want to not whiff completely so some of these names at least for me that i'm going to take that they're probably not super sexy these guys are probably not first round draft picks at this point but they're still nfl players so i'm going to go with uh clemson wide receiver probably an ex wide receiver bo collins i think i drafted his teammate you know Woods a little bit earlier here you know i don't know how sexy bo collins is as a name but he's going to play in the nfl i mean this is a a probably a possession guy with some speed. I don't know what else to say about his strengths and weaknesses. I know uh, Todd. Todd is a big fan of uh, of Bo Collins. So give me Bo Collins here at the 401. Are we in order? Is is Collin last? No. So, I mean, it doesn't really matter what order we it go doesn't in. Really last, ma- it doesn't matter. Yeah, it doesn't Chris, matter. Chris, just, yeah, take it away. Go, go with the second. It doesn't matter. Okay. Um not going to add to my reach conversation, but that Bo Collins pick is is interesting. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. would have thought that, that is... Adam Randall would have gone ahead of Bo Collins, but uh, I think Bo Collins is a talented wide receiver. I, I'm trying I not to miss. I said that I'm not – I'm trying not to miss. Adam Randall is a potential zero. What happened to shooting from deep? Yeah. <laughs> when we get deep, I'll a... shoot from deep. <laughs> He'll let um... you know when it's time to shoot from deep. So I, I've got back and forth on this one. I have a couple names written down that I, I was thinking through. Uh, I This player probably won't be available. 
I'm going to go quarterback Jackson Arnold. I think that he is the last in a tier here. And there's a big fall off in the 2026 class after him. He's coming to Oklahoma. Um, was the Gatorade player of the year. Just incredibly productive in the Texas high school circuit. Um, they have really big hopes for him. He finished quarterback one for a lot of folks in the scouting community. I think that he's a player that will probably rise as the process goes on as well. I think that he'll probably settle in as like an early third rounder, but I, I think he's a good enough value here. I didn't realize Jackson Arnold was available. I just, that was, that completely slipped. I mean, I would have, I would have very easily taken Jackson Arnold over Bo Collins. This is why you do this is the this is why you do these exercises. Come on, we're being honest here. I would have absolutely taken Jackson Arnold over Bill Collins. So if I if I'm this team here, the way that the board is shaping up, I think there are more running backs at the moment that I would be comfortable one of them making it back to me, as opposed to wide receiver, where I have maybe a couple more guys, and then I think we're really gonna start hitting a dead zone for them or a spot where I just maybe don't feel as good. Um, so I'm going to take uh, a freshman wide receiver here. Do you know who I'm taking? Yeah, I do. It's a guy that's going to be attached to Lincoln Riley and attached to Malachi Nelson. And as a matter of Correct. fact, he's actually been attached to Malachi Nelson all through high school and been incredibly productive with, with him. And that's going to be Makai Lemon, the five-star athlete. He, he's going to play wide receiver there. They, they've already said that. Um, a uh, he's been comped to Jordan Addison, and I don't think that's a unfair comp. I think he's a little less field stretcher and a little more possession guy. But at the same time, Jordan Addison's freshman year, he was all yak and no deep, and then kind of morphed into that player year too. So I don't want to necessarily shoehorn Lemon into saying he can't win deep. That's just not something he's generally done so far. But he has the athletic ability and, and the talent, and obviously the the built-in chemistry with his future quarterback that I, I like his projection USC for all the bodies that they have there at wide receiver doesn't really have a guy there right now. So him and branch coming in, I think really restocks that wide receiver room for the next few years. That's that what I would nice have taken. Yeah. That's what I was going to take in my spot here. You're welcome. Um, so yeah, picking for team nine here, they don't have a quarterback yet, but there's nobody that I would take at this spot. Jackson Arnold, I think, was the end of that tier. Um, there's another guy that I would consider here, but game theorying it, uh, it's he's not gonna he doesn't need to go here. Um, so I'm gonna go wide receiver, another freshman wide receiver here, uh, Brandon Innes, wide receiver going to. Uh, wide receiver going to Ohio State. And I mean, Ohio State's just a wide receiver factory at this point. They're just pumping out first round picks after first round picks. I think this is the next guy in that line. And I think we could even see him make a pretty sick. I think we're going to look back at the 404 after spring. And this is going to be considered a steal here because uh, Ohio State is going to be missing. Um, Emeka Ibuka, Julian Fleming, and a couple other players here in the spring. So Brandon Innes is going to have a chance to show out early. And I think he'll do that. Uh, widely considered to be the best route runner in the class. Is that fair? Certainly. Yeah. High, the top. Floor, yeah. High, yeah. Floor, pl- high floor player. All right. So it's circling back to me. I don't want to 
I don't want to get made fun of for my pick again. Um, and for picking I'm call it a reach no matter what. So <laughs> just get it over with. Um, uh, you know, silence. I'm not supposed to be. This is hard. This is why, you know, when you do a mock draft and you're emailing about it, you know, it takes 20 minutes in between picks. So uh, I think I'm going to continue with the upside here and I'm going to take a shot at the, uh, at tight end and I'm going to take uh Georgia commit Deuce, Deuce Robinson, who is a Gatorade, a Gatorade national player of the year for baseball and football. Uh, one of the first players to do so since Kyler Murray. Now he, there's the potential for him to play baseball. So this is a really big risk, but the top tight end in the class Austin, I know that you like him. Colin is shaking his head. Um, basically, I wanted to make a pick that people say, oh, okay. And I, I don't want to take somebody that somebody said said that was a reach. So a little bit of peer pressure there. This, this honestly, a reach. <laughs> is the reachiest pick you could have made here. <laughs> like you really you got out the step ladder. Quite a bit. <laughs> oh my. So I don't know. I guess you haven't been a part of this discourse the past couple of weeks. I am all the way out on Deuce Robinson. I don't think he wants to play football. And you literally five minutes ago at your last pick was sitting here going, going safety, safety this, I'm going to safety. I got to <laughs> pick the safe guy. This guy might not even play college football ever. He hasn't committed anywhere either. He did not commit today. No. Oh, he did. Can I, High can ceiling. I no, I'm not, I'm not redoing ceiling. my pick. I'm not redoing did. my pick. Or well, now the audience knows pick. about Deuce Robinson that he's going to play baseball. And I've been made fun of for ten. Years. So go ahead, Chris Moxley. I thought you were doing a bit there. What you? What you? After what you said, mocked first and ridicule. <laughs> I'm gonna actually go back to, to go to a guy who I think has a little bit more risk than uh, services think, and I'm going to go Tennessee quarterback Nico Iamalieva. Uh five star quarterback, the number one, or at least top three quarterback in each class or on each service depending where you look, top three player for most services. Uh, really, really talented arm. Um, lots of questions about his size. He's a really, really skinny dude. And I don't think he's as mobile as people act like he is. He There's just a lot of areas on his game he needs to improve. So I don't think he's quarterback one. And I think we're taking him as quarterback five here in this class or four in this class. No, it's got to be five. Um, I think it's about right. But you're going to give me a five-star who's a top three player in most recruiting services. I'm willing to admit that I don't see something on tape um, that maybe they do. Um, people that have been at a lot of these camps. So I'm going to go uh, Slender Man, the $8 million man, Nico E. Malieva. That's a, that's a good pick, I think. I think he has a lot of upside. He's been a very tough player to figure out because I think we just love Tennessee so much so that even like if like they've made Joe Milton look competent. Like they've done the impossible. So what will they do with Nico? You know? Yeah, worse. He's probably a high end CFF asset. So like yeah. the floor is not zero the way it is, like potentially for Clay K Klodnik or potentially Ty Simpson. So like he's gonna start at some point. He they just paid him like eight million bucks. So yeah, that's a good pick. Um man, so I talked about how I thought there'd be a bunch of running backs going and then none of the running backs went and now I got egg on my face. Um, I'll take Ruben Owens here who 
I has grown on me a little bit throughout the process. I know it sounds stupid because he's like the number one running back according to a bunch of the services. I do think he has some weaknesses to his game going to Texas A&M there. But I don't know that his weaknesses necessarily matter for how he plays. He, uh, on three kind of comps him to, to ETN. And I kind of can see that. I don't think he's quite the straight line, like one cut guy that ETN was, but he's very twitchy. He's the kind of like, I, I think the things like his big thing for me is he struggles to gear down. Like when he hits full speed and then Did he you needs say to the change player's direction. name. Yeah. I said, Ruben Owens, Texas A&M. I, I, I'm, okay. I'm keeping this, this, uh, this kosher here, Felix, just for you. Um, Ruben Owens, Ruben Owens, Ruben Owens, running back, Texas A&M, Ruben Owens, Owens, comma, Ruben. And I, um, I, I, I I, I think he's going to go there. It's a wide open backfield. And I think the things that he does poorly, he doesn't need in what he like and how he plays the position. So my, the other concern is that he's like 50 years old, not really, but he's almost 20. Like he, he is very old for his class, but our, our recruiting guys tell me it doesn't matter for running backs. What they say goes. So if they say it, then I, I'm cool with it. I, I should note that our, if you're watching on YouTube, our spreadsheet shows Ruben Owens headed to Louisville. Uh, he actually yeah. flipped his commitment and signed with uh, Texas A&M. So Ruben Owens headed to Texas A&M. All right, Colin, who you got at the, we're at the 408. Yeah, I I don't love, um, oh, I was actually, okay, I was looking at the wrong team here. Um, okay. Well, I still don't love the team build on this one, um, but. I there's no quarterbacks here. They don't have a quarterback, so I'm not going to reach here. They don't have any wide receivers. People don't know who the, who the team value. build is. Uh, their column. They, who's on that? They team? have uh, they have Nick Singleton, Brock Bowers, and Devin Neal right now. Um, One so, of those things it, sounds like I'll I'll also reach. say that me when me and Moxley were doing this, we were not paying attention to the team builds, and then that and often were. So now it's yeah. it's me. And, I think me and Mox are still not paying attention to the team builds, and now Austin and Colin are. Heck no! It's all right. Uh, I at this point, I'm gonna take Adam Randall, the other wide receiver at Clemson. So this is Clemson's third wide receiver off the board in the first four rounds. I think Adam Randall has the highest ceiling out of all of them. Um, you know, he t- he looked good in the spring last year. He was getting rave reviews, tore his ACL, and had a miraculous comeback here. Uh, and he ended up playing, uh, it was like seven months later. Uh, finish out the season, not a year one zero. And bringing in Garrett Riley as the offensive coordinator, I think is a boon for Adam Randall as well. Um, our CFF Nate for our, um, camp, our CFF team here did a little bit of a deep dive into Riley. And he does tend to feature an outside receiver more than a slot receiver. And I think that'll benefit Randall. All right. That brings it to me with the 408. I'm going to take Alabama wide receiver, Ja'Cory Brooks. I talked about safety. I was going to take Ja'Cory Brooks earlier, but then I reached, I, apparently I reached for Deuce Robinson. Ja'Cory Brooks can play X. He can play flanker, played the, you know, two wide receiver positions. I don't think that he's, a, I don't think he's a day one or, or second round draft pick probably in the, third round range somebody can do a little bit of everything well doesn't have you know speed to really burn you deep but again you know at, 
early in in campus to Canton drafts. I want to get safety. I think that he's an NFL. He is, he's an NFL player, and he came on for Alabama late in the season for a team that has has had some really uh, some has struggled at the wide receiver position here lately, and I think that they'll actually continue to do so in 2023. Um, but anyway, give me you know probably the best of what they have left there at Alabama. Give me Jacory Brooks, Mox. That is an appropriate draft pick. Thank at you. The position. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, I'm going to go Dylan Cruz. He is an outfielder. Oh, wait, we're not, we're not taking uh, baseball prospects. Forgot. Uh, I am going to go. I had okay. trouble with this one, actually. Is Dil- is Dylan Cru- you, you could have taken Dylan Cruz and I'd have been like, okay, maybe that's somebody that I haven't come across yet. He, he's the number one prospect in the, in up next year's draft, he's an outfielder, just like Deuce Robinson's going to be. Um, but Katron Allen, I, I think it feels early for him, but I feel like it's getting kind of shallow pretty quick. He looked good along Nick Singleton, um, alongside Nick Singleton this year, like way better than I thought he was going to look. He really changed the way I perceive him as a as a prospect. Um, and I think he's going to eat into Singleton's time too. I think it's going to be a one A one B situation throughout their tenure there. And I think Katron Allen could seriously go as a round two back. I just, I, he surprised me with how good he looked. Um, not necessarily running up the middle. Cause I didn't necessarily think that was a question, but more just like his wiggle and his athleticism was more than I thought it was going to be. And so I really liked what I saw from Katron Allen. I'm going to take him because I think running back does get a little thin here. Yeah, it does. I agree. Um, well, I, I've got like three guys left in this tier, and then I think it, it it starts to thin out. I'm surprised no one took Malik Neighbors yet. I just had to double check and make sure that he wasn't gone. The wide receiver, LSU, and he's going to be my selection. Um He'll go much I, higher in real drafts. Yeah, I, by the way, I, pro- I missed that he wasn't gone. I would have taken him over Randall. So I, I like neighbors. Um, I have him right behind. I have him and Randall 13, 14. So, so right there with each other. My problem with Malik neighbors is that I don't know that he profiles as like a true wide receiver one in the NFL. Like he almost seems like more of a complimentary guy to me. So I have a hard time taking him over some guys that I think have that upside like that's why i have randall 13 him 14 because i think if randall works out he can be the true number one wide receiver for an nfl team i i don't know that neighbors has that in his game i don't know that we necessarily the, the book hasn't been written on that yet i mean he's got Jaden daniels throwing to him like it's not it's not like he's, he's had the best quarterback play but i i just i i think he is the trendy like whoo look what we found this offseason kind of guy this year and i think realistically if he was a sixth or seventh round pick in a startup i'd feel amazing about him i think he's going to closer to the third in drafts and i think that's where you start to lose me a little bit on him um so end of the fourth year is probably median value and i think that's fine for him yeah like i said i would have taken him over randall had i known he was there but it's, it's not a huge gap but uh, i like that pick there i'm gonna take uh, you know you guys said running back thinned out here but uh, I'm going to take Blake Corum here. I mean, this running back for Michigan, he was on pace to be in the Heisman ceremony uh, contention at, at, at worst until he tore that ACL. He was having a phenomenal year for Michigan. I think a lot of that does have to do with the offensive line that they had this year. They had a very good line. 
Um, they have a good system there. They, he's probably going to be coming back to a little bit more of a split with Donovan Edwards than maybe what he saw before he uh, went down with that injury. But I still think he can be very productive on the CFF side. And I still see some Debbie potential here in him. I know he's a little bit smaller, but he's he's rocked up. Uh, I think he he's kind of he's a day two back in, in my eye at this point, um, depending on how he comes back from that ACL. So this is getting to the end of that tier of running backs for me. But I still like Blake Corum. A day two back in your eyes. That is quite rare. <laughs> hey, uh, there's there's some of those guys that I was hyping up. Some of those guys that I was hyping up as day two backs. All of a sudden, everybody's talking about them as day two backs here. Devin Achain. Well, if you Zach, say it about every back, then yeah, eventually, you know, you're going to be right. Zach Charbonnet. What is it? Blind squirrel finds a nut. Broken clocks, right? Twice a day? Uh. I feel like I'm being made fun of by everyone, including the people in the chat. Luke Probasco asks, when am I going to take Dante Hall? He is referencing uh, JoJo Earl, who I've comped uh, JoJo Earl to Dante Hall several times on this show. I'm actually going to go with a different type of wide receiver, a little bigger, faster guy, kind of an ex-build. Somebody that I'm speaking of making fun of. I made fun of Colin in Austin for touting these two at Washington for a very long time. So I'm going to take a Washington wide receiver, Rome Adunze. But who wins on that one? Because the only reason that they've had success is because of Michael Penix Jr., who I've been touting for a long time and have been mocked and ridiculed for touting Michael Penix Jr. But without Michael Penix Jr., those two would not have had the seasons that they had last year. So I'm taking Rome Adunze here, who, again, another guy, not I don't know that Rome Adunze is – necessarily sexy maybe if he does it two years in a row he'll become a trendy pick and get nfl draft buzz i don't i don't see a lot of that but he is an nfl player he is definitely an nfl player so give me Romo dunze here okay not a, not a bad pick again we're we're staying with an adp feeling feeling good um i actually said i thought running back thinned out a little bit Maybe I was wrong because there's a couple guys I actually still really like here. Uh, now that I'm looking at the entirety of the board, um, I think I'm gonna go Trevor Etienne, uh, running back from Florida, the brother of Travis Etienne. So when he was coming into school, this dude was just fat, straight up. Like I, not to body shame or anything. Like he said he was fat. His brother said he was fat. The staff said he was fat. Like he had really bad weight. He played way above expectation last year. You know, like a guy kind of like Katron Allen that exceeded what I had initially thought he was going to be able to do. I thought ETN was pretty impressive last year. And I think that he can assume a bigger role of this backfield. I think he's a better player than Montreal Johnson right now. So it wouldn't be surprised if he had like 200. 225 carries next year. I just think he's a pretty good, pretty good player. And if he continues to lose bad weight, I think he's a pretty good athlete too. We just haven't really seen it yet, but I'm that's somewhat projecting. We're in the fifth round. And I think that we're mostly taking shots here on guys. We think have NFL upside. And I think that ETN has a higher ceiling than a couple other players that can go in this range, even though his floor is admittedly kind of low as well. And we did cross into the fifth round here. Let me recap the fourth round really quick here. Uh, but, uh, let's see. 
yeah, Bo Collins went at the at the 401. Jackson Arnold is who I should have taken at the at the 401. Bo Collins, Jackson Arnold, Makai Levin, Brandon Ennis, Deuce Robinson, uh, Nico Iamalieva, Ruben Owens, Adam Randall, Ja'Cory Brooks, Katron Allen, Malik Neighbors, Blake Corum, and then to start the fifth round, Roma, Roma Dunze and Trevor Etienne. All right, let's go, Austin. Let's go with the five oh three. So I did. I, I sort of realized it, but I I, I I was fine going some other directions with this pick. But I can't believe that my RB thirteen Jamarian Miller is still on the board here. The real RB two at Alabama. I would rather have him over Justice Haynes. I think he gets the first crack at it after after this year. And I I, I think he'll be the next starting running back at Alabama. I think you get that that launches him into you know potentially a round two NFL draft pick. I think he can catch the ball well. I think we saw him flash a little bit last year in some limited limited opportunity. He's 205, 210. Like he has got good size. He's got the frame to get to 210, 215. Uh well-rounded skill set. Yeah. I mean, I I don't I don't know what there there isn't to like about him. And I think he was one of Felix's big crushes last year. It just has so happens that Felix's biggest crush this year is coming in there uh as well. Uh Justice Haynes, who we were lucky enough to have on this very show last week. But uh, I think Miller should probably realistically and drafts be going earlier than Haynes. I have him five, six spots higher than Haynes in my rankings. And I think that's appropriate based on just the pecking order there at Alabama. That I agree with Austin that. Yeah, he went really early. I don't know that I agree with Austin that Miller should be going ahead of Haynes, but Miller did have what? 74 career receptions in high school. I mean, the the epitome of dual through uh running back but wasn't he we saw him get carries we didn't see him getting any catches uh last year for for alabama so just adding that note on jamar and miller it was yeah, weird because yeah. they they used jace mcclellan as a receiving back all the previous two years and then they didn't throw to him at all last year either I, they, they pretty much exclusively used that for uh for for gibbs yeah, I, I like the the back-to-back running backs here. I like the Miller pick. Um, I think that this is a good spot for him. Uh, I'm going to take another running back here. So here's your running back run, Austin, that you were predicting. Uh, I'm going to take Marshawn Lloyd, running back for USC West, uh, transferred from USC East, South worst, Carolina. Worst USC. Um, I think Marshawn Lloyd is still a really talented running back. He was a high four-star or low five-star guy, uh, high four-star coming out, looked really good coming into his freshman year, had that ACL tear, has struggled to kind of come back from it, put together a really nice four-game stretch this year against um, two cupcakes in Charlotte and I think South Carolina State was one of them, and then Texas A&M and Kentucky. So a little bit of a balance there. Heads over to USC, and I think he's immediately the most talented running back in that room. Um, and I think he can fill a, a similar role maybe to Travis Dye. Maybe he doesn't get quite as many carries, but I think he can be productive for you on the college size. And then he's got NFL size, NFL athleticism. He's got a lot of traits there. If he can put it together for a full year, uh, we could be looking at another day two running back. All right, that brings it back to me. And I think I just have a thing for wide receivers this year because I've been – when I look at my rosters, I, I've, I have not had very good wide receivers. Um, 
I'm going to take Ted Aroa. I'm not going to beat around the bush. I'm going to take Ted Aroa. Ted Aroa McMillan should be still available, right? I, I think believe so, yeah. I think Ted, good... I think Ted McMillan is still available. Ted <laughs> Luke, Luke is taking jabs in the chat. Luke is taking jabs, <laughs> jab after jab in the chat. Uh, I'm taking Ted Aroa McMillan here. For, last year as a freshman, he had 39 receptions for 702 yards, eight touchdowns. They lose Zor- uh, Dorian Singer to USC. So now you're talking about Jacob Cowing and uh, Ted Aroa McMillan being the number one and number two wide receivers for a, t- a team that's going to throw the ball a lot. I really like my wide res- the wide receivers that I've drafted here, especially the last two, uh, six foot five, 200 and what, three, four pounds, something like that. So give me uh, the second year wide receiver here at the 505, Tedaroa McMillian. Tedaroa McMillan. And by the way, that Arizona team, a team on the rise, it gives you a reason to stay up and watch these West Coast games. They are a team on the rise. Uh, Tedaroa yeah, McMillan, I think, I think went to – did Tedaroa McMillan go to Pinnacle? No, that's Dorian Singer. Dorian Singer went to Pinnacle High School in Arizona. Luke, Luke is asking where he went to school. Um, anyway, all right, my bad. Go ahead, Chris. Uh, no, I was going to say I, I would have taken Ted McMillan here. Um, I almost took him in the last pick too. I, I thought that it was uh, pretty clear he should be going in this range, so I'm glad someone else took him. Um, there's a player that I think should go ahead of the one that I'm going to take, but due to it being a mock draft and how I think everyone else is going to operate, I am going to reach a little bit here on a player that I generally would not select. And that is UNC wide receiver Devontae Walker. He is a transfer from Kent State, big-bodied field stretcher, super athletic. uh, I I mean, probably one of the better athletes that are going to be in this next year's class. He's going to be the wide receiver one, in my estimation, for Drake May. I think they bring in Nate McCollum as well. But Walker is a player who I believe has power five ability to shine. Uh, incredibly productive last year. It's a it. He's going around this range in mock, so it's not a reach per se, but it's someone that I generally wouldn't take. And I am just betting on his athleticism and the fact that Drake May and Devontae Walker are just going to click. So I'll take him here. Not my traditional pick, but I do think it's probably within the range of outcomes. So bet on upside. Interesting. Um, so I'm going to take Jarquez Hunter, the Auburn running back here, um, which is not something I thought I would say a year ago, but I really like him paired with new head coach Hugh Freeze, who, again, I just feel obligated to say every time Hugh Freeze is a despicable human being. Um, but I like what he does for running back production at whatever school he's at. I mean, he Day Day Hunter was really productive um, last year, and he's not really a – what you would think of as a kind of a bell cow guy. Uh, he, he's had other productive running backs in the past. I think it's Hunter and then like Damari Alston. Like I, I, Alston's an okay back, but and they don't really have anything else there. Like it's it's pretty barren. So I think he'll get the touches. I think Auburn will lean on the run because it's that or Robbie Ashford, and they're not going to do that. Um, so I mean, I think I think Hunter's in for a big statistical year, and then we'll see where he ends up going into the NFL. I still have some questions about him. But um, I think for right now, uh, he's my RB twenty. I think this. I think I think he is the twentieth or so running back off the board. Well, he can't be because I 
Colin just took like my RB like 50 the pick before this. So, um, <laughs> but this is the range for him, I think. Appreciate the jab. Um, I this is a little early for me for Walker, but or for Hunter. Um, but hey, who you know, who am I? I'm gonna take the most on brand pick here of all, and that's wide receiver for Washington, Jalen McMillan. Um, I have him ranked ahead of Adunze and the other McMillan who went ahead of him here and Devontae Walker. Um, I'm just a, a big believer of Jalen McMillan have been since his freshman year i think he's a day two wide receiver i think he's going to have similar production this year to what he had last year uh that kaylin DeBoer offense is explosive and electric so he's going to be a cff guy for you he'll be an nfl guy i think fifth round here is good value for him uh colin austin i mean you guys have been talking about these guys for a for year, literally years, is there a, a clear number one between the two? Is it Adunze? Uh, Adunze is more your traditional one, traditional X on the outside um, type of a guy. He has a higher ceiling than McMillan. Uh, I think McMillan is a high floor player. I think he's a really good route runner. He's a good athlete as well. Uh, and I think he's Mostly a slot guy, but can slide outside if you need him to. Uh, but I don't care as much about that for fantasy purposes. His ceiling will be tied to his offense, whereas Adunze's ceiling will be tied more to his ability. Uh, Adunze has a couple of things he needs to clean up technically, but he is the higher ceiling. All right. That brings it to me. And of course, I have confidence and I've figured out who I'm going to pick before. You, ask, you just uh, want to roll? That was a good <laughs> yeah, you did. You, that, I needed that answer to be like five minutes. Uh, you gave me 30 seconds. To, to, to. Um, I think that I am going to go with Ole Miss tight end Michael Trigg here. Michael, please don't tell me Michael Trigg is, is transferred uh, somewhere. Austin, you, you at one point you had him as your uh, your number one, your number one tight end. Is he still? I don't know if he's still your boy, but I'm going to go with uh, with Michael Trigg here. No, I apologize. He he is not. Um, <laughs> but I would probably take him over Deuce Robinson. So that's uh, good. Win for Felix. Yeah. You're up, Mr. Right, Nick ahead, Harbour. Mox. I'm actually going to take a tight end. Um, it will not be Harbour. Unfortunately, it will be Jatavion JT Sanders. I think that he is, no offense, Felix, a much better prospect than Michael Trigg in a much better situation. Um, he broke out last year, 54 receptions, 613 yards. Like those are really, really good numbers for a tight end in an offense where they spread the ball around more than I think they wanted to. He has great size. He's listed at 6'4, 250. He was already a high-end athlete. He played both ways in high school. Um, a guy with speed, a guy with athleticism. I think that he... I don't mind taking him in the fifth round here. I actually think I would take him a little bit earlier. I just really like his his prospects heading into next year's draft. I think he could be a... I think he could be a round one pick, to, to be honest. I just think he has the athleticism to do it, and I think he'll have a really good season with Quinn Ewers. So, Jatavian Sanders, Texas, tight end. 
I literally hate every single player that I have as an option. This is kind of the zone where I just I, I everybody's kind of the same. There, there's not a lot of value to be had in this area, I think. So I'll I'll pick a guy that I think has maybe the most immediate Debbie upside here with Trey Benson, the running back at Florida State. Um I, I like Trey Benson. I think the uh, again a kind of a guy like my like neighbors. I think the train has gotten a little off the tracks as it relates to the quality of the player. Not that he's bad, but I do think that he's going to be the guy at Florida State. I wouldn't shock me if he has fifteen hundred yards next year. Like I just think that's well within the range of outcomes and. I think if he's successful at Florida State, we'll see some sort of NFL value come along with it, or at least you know draft value. Um, so I, I I like Trey Benson. I think some of the talk has been a little outlandish on him this offseason, but I think this is a solid spot for him. You know, our mid twenties as far as RBs off the board uh, are concerned. I I was surprised how much people liked him in terms of an NFL prognostication for what it's worth. Like, well, I, really I mean he's. He's playing for Mike Norvell, and Mike Norvell does have some history in putting players into the NFL. Tony oh, Pollard, uh, uh, Devry, what's Henderson's Darrell first Henderson. name? Darrell, Darrell, Darrell Henderson. You can even give Gibson. him credit for Antonio Gibson. Yeah. So, Kenny Gainwell too. And Kenny Gain, I forgot about Kenny Gainwell. Um, yeah, I mean, I like that pick here. I am going to go with another guy that I just realized was still on the board who I would have taken ahead of. Um, uh, the last couple wide receivers here, actually. It's Jurion Dickey, the freshman wide receiver going to Oregon. Uh, I like the addition of the new offensive coordinator there, Will Stein. Um, I don't necessarily know what that quarterback situation... I, I don't know how confident I am in the quarterback situation after Knicks. I like Novasad, um, but he does have a couple things he needs to work on. But Jurion Dickey is just an old school alpha wide receiver, physical guy, great up at the catch point. He's not the most explosive athlete, but I, I think he has a pretty high ceiling. So I like Jurion Dickey, and it feels really good to get him here at the end of round five. Yeah, this is a pretty easy pick for me here. I'm going to go with uh, Ohio State quarterback Devin Brown. Uh, uh, Kyle McCord went a lot earlier here. I think that they're – there is the potential that Devin Brown takes that starting job. This guy is really, really talented. Went to the same high school uh, corner Canyon there as Zach Wilson may have had the best arm in the class uh, last year. I mean, you see him make some ridiculous, like high level, ridiculous throws, including, you know, throwing to the opposite hash, like on the sideline, throwing from the right hash to the left sideline and out to the left sideline. I mean, it's a really difficult throw, um, you know, has some mobility and is kind of fearless as far as throwing the ball into tight windows also. So I like Devin Brown. It feels like a value here. Even if he doesn't start at Ohio state, if he doesn't get the job this year, I really think he's going to transfer either between the spring or before the 2024 season starts because uh, Dylan, well, Dylan, no, actually Dylan Royola, has has decommitted, so maybe he's maybe he stays. But I think that Devin Brown is going to get um, his opportunity either at Ohio State or somewhere else, and he's just really really talented. Yeah, if he doesn't get the opportunity this year, if he stays, gets the opportunity next year. I mean, you're looking at a guy who would be 
picked probably like two rounds ahead of this. So I was considering Devin Brown a little earlier when I thought I was going to pick for team six because Kyle McCord has him. So I was going to use a little game or they have Kyle McCord. So I was going to use some game theory, but I like that. I forgot he was on the board. I probably considered him earlier. Um, not sure who would have taken him, but I would have added him to my small list that gets ever shorter as we go on. Um, I'm going to go back to the running back. Well, I'm going to take Damian Martinez. Uh, I just think he was really impressive last year and there's no reason that he can't have a huge season this year. I feel pretty confident, confident that he's going to produce CFF value. So I know that I have a productive floor at minimum. I think he could be an NFL player. I'm not as sold on it, but while we're in this range, I'm going to take a guy who's a second year player that I think can have a 12 to 1500 yard season at Oregon state. And I love that Oregon state offense. I actually think that they're trending in a very exciting direction. I know like we can joke about DJU, but I actually think that it's, it's going to be a really good offense this year. They were good offense last year. Like that's what's the crazy thing. And they had like four different quarterbacks who were all aged like 70 to 90. And they just had like a, Nursing home a quarter. You heard it here first. DJU, the difference maker at Oregon State next year. Um, unironically, that might be true, just based on pure floor level quarterback play. Um, oh, you think he's better than Ben Branson? Might be hot take. Lukewarm <laughs> Austin's in the house. I think uh, DJU might be superior. Um, I, I, I just posted in our chat here as, as, as someone was talking that I'm, I'm about to make a pick that I think is odd for me because this is a little, I'm skipping a couple guys down my rankings here. I'm going to take Adonai Mitchell here, AD Mitchell going to Texas. I think there's a non zero chance that we're talking about the leading receiver at Texas next year. They wanted him, they went out and specifically got him, they made sure to get him his money to go there. Uh, having a, a, a young child in the area certainly doesn't hurt uh, their chances of getting him. But I think he, I think this might be another case of just a guy that didn't produce at Georgia because it's Georgia. Like they don't really throw to the wide receivers. He's, he was hurt last year. So, so I don't know that he ever really got integrated into that offense anyway, but he's a long lean six, four pretty athletic guy. Like, I don't know if you'll ever have a full route tree, but he can like, I, he's he's got there's a couple examples of him like running like whip routes that are really really sharp like i i think he can win in short spaces despite how tall and kind of you know lanky he is um i, I he's strong at the catch point he's i'm curious how good of a straight line athlete he is like downfield maybe he ends up being more of a possession guy but um i i think that he's i, I think there's a decent chance that he he leads texas in receiving next year um, and so in the, the sixth round here, I, I like that value. Plus plus 300 for him to lead Texas and receiving. You taking it? Oh, hell yeah. Tw- implied probability 25%. I mean, yeah, I think that's I, pretty good value if you're, if you're getting those kind of odds. And I think that that's kind of what you're baking in here, right? Like if, if it was higher, he'd be going around or two more, right? Uh, he's yeah. a good player. I, I, I really like that pick. You worried about the uh, the Jermaine Burton syndrome? A little bit, a little <laughs> bit. Yeah, I'm not gonna lie. Um, but uh, I mean, I think the other issue for him is like what what else does Texas really have on the boundary? 
Like you're, gonna get, you're gonna feel some aneurysm tonight. I know because he loves. What else Nate do they Warner. have on the boundary for real? <laughs> An unathletic Wyoming they, wide receiver they or have, the guy at Georgia. You don't need to be super athletic to to catch along the boundary. You need to be able. You need to have good catch radius, good hands. You need to be tough. Those are all things that that Isaiah Nayor is. It sucks for Nayor because I think. To me, this signing indicates that either they're worried about it or, quite frankly, they might just consider him the superior player. Like, I, I really do think that the if you just kind of look at the timeline and, and what ended up happening, I think you just have to kind of make that assumption and be okay with it, especially in the sixth round. I mean, if you're that worried about it, I think you could probably get Nayor 10 rounds later and you could have them both or five rounds later or eight rounds later. And I think if you really wanted to do that, you could do it. Hand handcuff the the ex guy at at, at Texas. Get him at least. Yeah, you could probably wait. You, yeah, yeah. I was going to say, you can take I don't want to. 20 I, rounds. I wouldn't take him before like the 20 or 25th round, but I don't want to advise people to do that. And then like round 12 goes by and some person takes them and then they get mad at me because they, <laughs> like, you told me he would be there. I, I don't know. I mean, you've got. I love how you caught yourself me. there. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, all right, I'm, I'm, uh, Luke is in the chat clamoring for somebody to make a Matt pick here, and so I'm supposed to be Matt today, so I'm going to make my Matt pick. Oh, uh, I'm going to take EJ Smith running back from Stanford. I actually, I, I also like EJ Smith, so I would have taken him here too, but I mean, he was playing really well last year in that Stanford offense for fantasy purposes, um, and then, yeah, he, he got injured for the rest of the year. Assuming he's going to come back healthy this year, in comes the head coach from Sacramento State, and they ran the ball a million times. And they ran for, it was like 2,000 yards or 3,000 yards or something stupid like that. Now it's at the FCS level, but I think he's going to want to run the ball. EJ Smith is very clearly and by far the best running back on that roster. And son of Emmett Smith, a Hall of Famer, catches passes really well, six foot, 210. Good size. Athleticism is probably the big worry here on his athletic comparisons is Kenny McIntosh. So if he can get to there, um, I think that's that's solid. Uh, so I'm going to take EJ Smith. You're not worried that he runs slower than molasses in wintertime? Uh, like I said, athleticism is a little concern, but Kenny, Kenny McIntosh is on that athleticism comparison tool. Bryant Kobach was a guy that I liked who I think is more athletic than people gave credit for. <laughs> Brian so, Kobach, the guy who famously did very well in the NFL. Hey, What's he's Brian only been Kobach a year. Yeah. yeah, I was going to say, it hadn't been he's that like, long. I mean, give him yeah, a Yeah, it's been one yeah. year. Yeah, he's on the and Minnesota Vikings. Be gone. There, is, there is no Bryant Kobach slander allowed on this Thank show. You. Thank he you. was my star of the week for like 10 straight weeks on our college football morning show every Saturday during the season. All right. That uh, brings it to me. I'm going to take, um, I'm going to take Michigan state wide receiver, Keon Coleman guy who plays when, when Austin brought up uh, Adnan Mitchell, I'm like, Oh, who's another guy who could potentially play boundary and make explosive plays a guy with some length. And so, um, you, you know, he's not a guy who's gotten a lot of, hype because he's playing for a bad Michigan state team right now, but he's been productive. And again, you know, 
I mean, he's on their basketball team, so that should tell you how athletic he is. Drake London played basketball at USC. Keon Coleman plays basketball at Michigan State. So give me uh, Keon Coleman here. Do you know Antonio Gates played basketball as well? Little known Julius, Julius Peppers played basketball at North Carolina. Huh. Jimmy Green. Can we do another one? Can we go down this list? Can we do it? Can you do another one? Jimmy Graham played basketball at Miami. Charlie Ward played basketball at what? Florida State? <laughs> Aaron Hernandez has played at the Y. Has played he played where? At the Y. I don't know. And in prison. <laughs> and in prison. <laughs> Probably. Oh, my gosh. Can we not? We um, don't have another one? Is that the end of the list? I'm out. Tony Gonzalez played, but I don't know where. Cal. Cal. Was it Cal? Okay. Cal. Yes. Gold Bear. Gold Bears. I'm I'm a little right. young to remember Tony Gonzalez in college. We're getting a little squirrely around here. We are at the 606. This is going to be we're going to end at the 6 uh, uh, we're going to finish at the end of the 6th round. Let's go uh Moxley. A lot of good values here. Um we're at the point where like there's a big tier of players that I think you can easily take. I I have such a tough time here cuz I think there's a lot of good values. I am going to go a little bit Early on this player that I think he will might go and draft, but I'm going to take Malik Benson, who's committed to Alabama, coming in from JUCO this year. I just think he is one of those freak athletes, incredibly productive uh, at Hutchinson Community College, which is like the big college uh, a lot of JUCO transfers go to. I believe Alvin Kamara went there as well. Uh, the reason that he didn't necessarily enroll as a freshman in his you know, out of high school season was mostly grades related. It was not a lack of talent issue with him. He had offers from LSU, Alabama, all of the big schools. I think he's there. Alabama is missing someone to step up in this wide receiver room. I think if I am taking a shot at a potential Alabama wide receiver, one who is a phenomenal track athlete, a very good athlete in general, when you're looking at his stuff, like his vertical, I don't, I don't mind it. I, I think the mid six is a, a fine spot to take that kind of uh, risk. Um, okay, so I'll take Troy Franklin here. I think the wide receiver at Oregon. A little, he'll go earlier than this in drafts. So if you want him, make sure to snag him. This is another guy that like neighbors. I just think he's a complimentary piece. I don't think he's a, a guy that leads a wide receiver room. Um, he had pretty good production last year, but if you, I, I watched a lot of Oregon games last year, and a lot of it was just broken plays which is a skill in and of itself you know kind of getting open when things break down but i think it's tough for me to continue to project a guy that that has basically been his bread and butter in in college so far um i do think there's high-end like wide receiver nfl wide receiver two potential for him like like a devonta smith is for the eagles or, or you know that quality of player and that's kind of what his build is um, so I, and he'll be the leading receiver at Oregon next year. I like that he's his role is solidified as well. So I think if you value that, then uh, you'll you'll want to take him a little bit earlier as well. There's no one else at Oregon to to take that that job from him. Yeah, that's a good point. I do think he's going to go earlier than this. I'm a little bit lower on uh, Franklin for the kind of the same reason you are. He'll go two rounds earlier than this at least, probably. Yeah, um, I'm going to take a guy here who has huge CFF upside and some undefined uh, NFL upside at this point. That's Carson Steele running back for UCLA. Um, 
he transferred in from Ball State. He had a phenomenal year, um, phenomenal year last year for Ball State and goes into that Chip Kelly offense this year that is going to be searching for an identity a little bit. They're losing Zach Charbonnet, who was a staple of that offense for the last two years. They're losing Dorian Thompson Robinson, who was another staple of that offense for the last what, four years. I think they're going to have to lean on Steele. Uh, he's going to have a huge year this year for CFF, I think. And my big concern for him for the NFL, I- I'm not sure if he can step up to to that level. We haven't seen it because he was playing on Ball State. Uh, he's a pretty decent athlete. Like Arian Foster is in that list of of, uh, of athletic comps for him. Uh, he catches passes pretty well. So there's definitely upside there. I'm not exactly sure what it is. So... Maybe a touch early for him, but like I said, he's going to smash in CFF. So, yeah. All right. Um, man, this is 2023 is definitely a year where some of these guys that are going early up into the in the sixth round is early in the C2C draft. They haven't, uh, they're not established players. And so I'm having a hard time figuring out where I should go here. Um, I think. I am going to take – actually, I have no clue where I'm going to go here. Um, give me Michael Penix Jr. I'm going to pair him with the with Roma Dunze, who I drafted earlier. Uh, I can definitely get CFF value. I mean, Michael Penix Jr. is a QB1. Uh, if it were not for injuries, I think that Michael Penix Jr. – could have already kind of, and if if it were not for injuries, and if he'd been with Kalen DeBoer for all four years, I think that Michael Penix Jr. could have already established himself as you know a day one or day two NFL draft prospect. Uh, so let's see if he can do it for the second year in a row. That Washington offensive line really kept him clean last year, and you know I I, I don't know that he's you know he doesn't have the the upside that Devin Brown does, but. I know that I'm going to plug him in my starting position, my starting uh, quarterback position here, and I've got the stack with Roma Dunze. So, I mean, that at least that feels good. Right, this Mox. is my last pick, so I'm going to give a couple guys that I'm considering here. Since you know, I don't think again, what's the what's the what's going to hurt? Um, handful of guys that I think can go here and should go around this range. Hakeem Williams, really athletic wide receiver from Florida State. I think that he would be a really good choice here. Uh, athleticism is his calling card. Little more questions about the technical aspect of his game. Carnell Tate, who I think is the best second best wide receiver at the Ohio State as at Ohio State coming into this class. Uh, I like him a lot more than Noah Rogers. I think we're almost all in agreement on that. Um, I think Chris Marshall is interesting. He was. I don't know if he was dismissed or like he or, was. He was what? kicked out of school, I believe. Okay, so he's kicked out of school at Texas A&M, uh, enrolled at Ole Miss. I think that he has the potential to be a very productive player. Isaiah Bond at Alabama. Uh, I think that he's an interesting guy. Uh, Dane Key at Kentucky. A lot of wide receivers in this range that I think are very, very interesting values and very interesting players in general. Um, the player that I'm going to go with and I could probably get him later in a real draft, but I liked what he did last year at Cal. 
and I think he's going to be in a very good offense this year, and that is Jan Michael Sturdivant, the wide receiver at UCLA. Um, I just think he's a good player. I actually really like him incoming as a freshman, and he's he kind of showed why he was that dude last season. I expect this offense to be much better. I expect Colin Schley to he, him to become the wide receiver one in Colin Schley offense. Wide receivers in that type of offense with Colin Schley have been pretty productive. I know it's not the same thing, but I like him for both NFL upside and CFF upside. So I think he's a nice mixture of both in this round, maybe a round or, or round and a half early, but I still really like this pick. Uh, you mentioned a lot of guys that I am also looking at here and I can just tell you why I haven't been taking them. So I, I I'm, I'm, a little weirded out by Sturdivant because he is a year one zero. Um, didn't hit any of our thresholds here at C2C. So does he actually have legitimate Debbie upside? I don't really know. We're also at the end of the sixth round. So how much Debbie upside are you necessarily going to find? Again, I'm not so sure. Uh, I have been heavily considering Carnell Tate and Isaiah Bond for the past three or four picks. It's just very crowded uh, wide receiver rooms where they are. And I don't feel a thousand percent comfortable that um they have a starting gig or or will get the snaps that i want if i already have one of like i have a lot of isaiah bond for last year i'm holding him i'm not that worried about it but i don't know that i'm like actively acquiring him in the sixth round of startups at this stage um so so there's that uh some other names floating around in my head you know i'm actually this is a weird one i'm actually kind of looking at roman hemby who i have as my rb26 he was really really good at running back from maryland last year um dontavius braswell that the true freshman running back yeah. uh, south carolina is a big guy that i i'm considering um but i'm i, I am actually going to go chris marshall here wide receiver at old miss um and chris pretty much gave his background you know kicked out of texas a&m but i think it was from all accounts he's not a bad kid this was a bad decision that he made and it was at an unfortunate time because jimbo was realistically losing control of that program and kind of had to make an example of some kids and, and, and Marshall was unfortunate to be the guy that got in trouble that time. Um, so I, I think him going to Ole Miss, there's not a lot of, of other receivers there. I think he can step in and be the wide receiver one. Now, how much is, how much, how much are they going to pass the ball? Like, is that, is the wide receiver one role there? You know, a hundred target guy, probably not. That's why he's going in at 611 and not not 405 or something with his size and athletic ability but um i i like him here i think it's a, a good spot yeah definitely and, one of the... yeah uh colin you got the the last i'm sorry i just cut no, you off you're good. Totally cut you off last pick of the draft colin you're good yeah chris marshall is definitely a guy i was looking at there um just to give two or three other guys i'm looking at in this range um mario williams is a guy I'm looking at here at USC. I think he is still a, a talented wide receiver. He may not be a one. He may kind of be similar to Troy Franklin and maybe Malik Neighbors, where he's more of an like, access, accessory wide receiver. But I still think he could he could be really good, fill a, a nice role at the NFL level. And I think there's a decent shot too that you know he finishes this year as the best wide receiver at USC in terms of production. I don't think it's a foregone conclusion. It's Singer. Um, uh, I'm also looking, I, I was going to consider Jaquindon Jackson here, the running back for 
uh, Utah until Makai Bernard uh, came back to Utah. I'm a little less sure about him now. He's fallen a couple of spots, but I'm going to take Jojo Earl at TCU here. I think Jojo Earl has had a little bit of bad luck with injuries. He's looked good when he has been on the field. Absolutely dynamic player with the ball in his hands. Pretty much a slot only guy, but he's going to probably be the guy at TCU this year. It's either him or Jordan Hudson. Um, So I I think he could put up some really nice numbers at TCU and I haven't totally given up on him from a, a Debbie perspective either. All right, let me recap here really quick. Um, I got. I guess I got to bring up the sheet if I'm going to do that. Uh, if anything, this exercise has taught me just how valuable mock drafts are because it really forces you to see where you have these names in comparison to each other. And in 2023, I mean, this 2023 class, this 2023 NFL draft class took a lot of talent, a lot of recognizable names, and so um, we are looking at a lot of new faces uh, this high in the draft, not new faces necessarily to college football, but definitely new faces as far as being selected where they're being selected uh, now, given the, the kind of gap that that 2023 class leaving has created. So um, did I, okay, let's, We'll recap uh, the fifth round and the sixth round here, starting with uh, the fifth round, Romo Dunze, Trevor Etienne, Jamarian Miller, Marshawn Lloyd, Tedaroa McMillan, Devontez Walker, Jarquez Hunter, Jalen McMillan. So two uh, Washington wide receivers taken there. Michael Trigg, Jatavian Sanders, Trey Benson, uh, Jerion Dickey, the freshman going to Oregon to close out the fifth round. Then in the sixth round, Ohio State quarterback Devin Brown, uh, uh, Oregon State running back Davian Martinez. And by the way, you should go back and listen to Colin or excuse me, Austin Matt's interview with Davian Martinez, I think uh, on the on the Campus to Canton podcast feed from last year. Adonis J. Mitchell, who's transferred from Georgia to Texas. Emmett Smith's son, uh, E.J. Smith, Michigan State wide receiver Keon Coleman, the JUCO transfer to Alabama, wide receiver Malik Benson, wide receiver Troy Franklin at Oregon, running back Carson Steele, quarterback Michael Penix Jr. at Washington, the Cal-turned-UCLA transfer, J. Michael Sturdivant, Chris Marshall, uh, the wide receiver at Texas A&M, and finally Dante Hall, a.k.a. uh, JoJo Earl to close out the sixth round. Uh, I hope, I hope this was valuable uh, to our audience. I don't know that we're going to continue this next week, but I tell you what, it's definitely valuable to me because I'm sitting here changing rankings as we're going along here. So uh, I think that anything, any closing remarks, Austin, Chris, Colin, before we close it out here? No. The only thing I'll add is, um, I just messaged in our chat behind the scenes here where uh, I didn't know where to take Travis Hunter. I think he's a guy that I just have no idea what to do with right now. Travis Hunter, the uh, famous number one recruit who went to Jackson State with Dion, followed Dion to Colorado, probably playing wide receiver in, in corner, probably playing both ways. Um, I just I don't know what to do with him for for C2C purposes, to be honest. I would have considered him in this range. Um, I probably should have listed him among the players I would consider. 
I think he ultimately sticks at corner if I'm prognosticating to the NFL level. He can be such a good receiver that I don't really want to pass up on his talent, even if I think it's going to be a whiff. I mean, hit rates are so low in the sixth, seventh round that if you're getting the upside of a guy like Travis Hunter, you you might as well swing. I don't think it's crazy. All right. Um, that is going to do it for our show tonight. Apologies to Kirk Herbstreit. We ran out of time. We'll get him rescheduled soon. For Chris Moxley, Austin Nason, Colin Decker, I'm Felix Sharp. Good night and good luck. <laughs>